That was lovely. So good morning, everyone. My name is Dr. Rita Webster, and I am honored to be on your board of trustees. So happy Thanksgiving weekend, and welcome to the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, 
And welcome to our Sunday morning service. Our services are at 9.30 and 11.30. We live stream at 9.30, and we appreciate our live stream audience from wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us. Watch our services anytime on demand at our website or on YouTube. Flowers today are given in honor and celebration of Vern Bittner's birthday. Thank you. And happy birthday. Classes and workshops for all ages begin this week. There are two options for the four agreements discussion groups. They're in person on Thursday mornings with Reverend Pat and on Zoom Tuesday evenings with Karen Ani. Reverend Tony is joined by guests for a celebration of the season of light on Wednesday evenings, including a winter solstice service that happens on December 21st. Elementary children are invited for a winter arts and crafts class. This happens on Thursday afternoons in December at 4.30 p.m. Our former YOUer, Brianna Kirwin Dooley, is leading the fun. Wendy Brown-Betts leads a mindfulness workshop called The Gift of Presence. That's on Friday, December 2nd. The Women of Unity meet on Saturday, December 3rd. They're going to be making Christmas cards. You can stop in the garden court after the service today and uh, pick up a card-making kit along with those instructions. And our annual remembrance survey, survey service <laughs> is on Monday, December 5th. This is a time when we hold loved ones close in our hearts. Please sign up in the garden court or contact the church office if you want your loved one's name read aloud. This is the last week to drop off new unwrapped toys and gifts for PRISM's holiday toy shop. Add some magic for the more than 1,000 children that are served by PRISM. Our giving tree is up in the garden court. We invite you to pick up a gift suggestion card. Gift cards and monetary donations are also welcome. And it's that time of year for the nominating committee who are seeking qualified board applicants. If you feel a calling to put your name forward as a possible candidate to serve on our board of trustees, we invite you to an informational meeting on Tuesday evening, December 13th, to learn more. As a member of the board of trustees, I can say we're a great team and there's lots happening with the transformation and everything in our unity communities. So it's a wonderful time to think about joining us. Details for upcoming events and activities are in your bulletin, on the church website, Facebook page, and our weekly emails happening at Unity and Peak at the Week. You can also email or call the church office. And now, please join Reverend Pat for our opening prayer. Join me in our opening prayer. Let us take a deep breath together. And as we exhale, let's just uh, surrender. Surrender again. Remembering that infinite, invisible presence that dwells within 
knowing our oneness with that presence today. Today, we certainly are grateful, grateful for the many blessings of life, health and well-being, prosperity and guidance and inner peace. Grateful. And today, we also pray with those that have requested our prayers. We hold each and every one of these beautiful souls in our prayers, remembering as we look beyond appearances that God is greater than any appearance. And for that, we are grateful. So it is with great joy and appreciation on this first Sunday of Advent that together we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And again, thank you, God. And yet again, thank you, God. Let's applaud this day. And... Advent begins today. We start a four-week journey into Christmas, and today we light the first Advent candle.
Each Sunday, we will light one more candle than the week before as we prepare ourselves for the birth of the Christ child within us. Our Advent wreath is round, without beginning or without end, to represent the completeness that we have in Christ and God in us. Our first candle represents hope, faith. And as we light our candle of hope and faith, let us awaken to a new awareness of the gift that is ours to discover, the gift of the Christ presence. So, so I invite Cynthia Kerwin and Brianna Kerwin Dooley to come forth and light the first candle for Advent. Let us pray together. Father, Mother, God, we welcome hope and we welcome faith today. We welcome an increase in awareness of our true selves as one with God. And we dedicate the time of Advent to sharing our true selves with all who come into our lives. And may we discover our joy and may we discover our peace. Isaiah wrote, For to us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Today, we welcome the Christ child into our hearts. Thank you, God, and so it is. Amen. Unity is an open and welcoming, inclusive community. And one of our favorite things to do here each and every Sunday morning is not only welcome each other, but to welcome our guest. So today, if you're with us for the first time, by all means, please allow us to honor your presence here today. We invite you, if you would, just to take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. First guest, guest, any guests today? Okay, we got courage here, we got courage here. Yeah, keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up, please, till our usher gets to you. Uh, the rose that you're receiving tells, uh, the, tells you that we love you. That's what the rose does. It also identifies you so that we can give you that personal one-on-one -on -one welcome. That packet of information tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis, and if you choose to turn that into our book desk, we have a gift for you. All of that's important, and yet one of the most important things that I say on this platform each and every Sunday morning is this. And that is, my dear friend, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you are welcome here. We welcome you, we bless you, and we behold the living presence of the divine within you. Let's appreciate our guest today. Okay? And we continue our time together by affirming together our core values found in your order of service. Our core values together. We are loving, transforming, welcoming, spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. And the first Sunday of Advent Affirmation, let us affirm that together, please. On this first day of Advent, I affirm the highest and the best for all humanity with the hope and faith of a spiritual being. And the reading of our daily word.
We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. You're invited to mentally add your prayers to our prayer box, and after the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they're forwarded to silent unity or they're prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is hope and faith. We affirm, hope dawns within me and leads me to deepen in faith. As Advent season begins, I say no to pessimistic or hopeless notions that may have crept into my thinking, dimming my hope and weighing on my mind and heart. Today, I say yes to goodness and positivity. I feel a sense of renewed hope dawning within me, a promise that something wonderful is on its way. In these moments, I feel my faith reborn. I reaffirm my belief that no earthly condition, no worldly circumstance is greater than spirit. This is where I place my faith, in the power, presence, love, and grace of God. As I call upon these divine attributes within myself, I perceive them more readily in others. I grow in faith that together we have the power to create the world of our highest imaginings. And scripture tells us in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abandon, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The words for today is hope and faith.
So I invite you to join me in meditation. And if you've not done so, I invite you just to gently close your eyes, closing out the outside world. And as you breathe deeply, begin to bring your attention inward. Inward to that place that only you can go. Let us take another breath together. Surrendering again and again to that divine presence within. And as our Advent season begins, our thoughts turn to hope and to faith. We silently affirm today's daily word affirmation. Hope draws within me and leads me to deepen in faith. I indeed believe in my capacity to be hopeful, assured and strengthened as I embark on this Advent journey of faith. And regardless of appearances, my faith keeps me open to discovering reasons to have hope. Faith gives me the blessed assurance that my divinity within leads me to do all that I set out to do, all that is mine to do. For it is faith that provides the necessary strength to transcend my own inner limitations. And I allow divine wisdom to guide, to guide my thoughts, to guide my actions. It is faith within me that allows me to remember that my family, my loved ones, my friends, they too have their own unique spiritual journey and life lessons. So it is faith that allows me to let go and to let God. I believe in the good. And I believe in good things to come. And I believe in my ability to bring good things into manifestation. My heart is open on this first Sunday of Advent as I rest in the silence, in the quiet, and as I renew my hope and remember my faith in the silence.
But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. And today we do remember those that have requested our prayers represented by our prayer box. We hold each prayer request in a consciousness of love and a consciousness of answered prayer. We pray with our prayer ministry, our Unity Prayer Chaplains. We pray with our Unity Cares ministry, our outreach ministry. We pray with all of these ministries as they continue to hold us in prayer when we so often forget. And so today we release, we let go, and we say, thank you, God. And so it is, and so we let it be. Amen. See the death 
Baby, did you know your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know your baby boy would one day rule all nations? Did you know your child you're holding is the great I am. Oh, Mary, did you It's been such an exciting weekend. It's been a fun weekend, but I've had the anticipation almost like Santa Claus was coming today. And it's because I had two, I knew I would have two of my favorite people in the whole wide world right here on this platform on the same Sunday. So, you know, Patty Peterson, it would not, it would not be Christmas without you starting it. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Our speaker today is no guest, and we're not going to treat him like one either, okay? <laughs> he is, he's one of us. He has filled in for me on, when I was on sabbatical. He has served on staff here, like a blink on staff. And more than that, he has been a dear friend. And I think, you know, guys, ministers need ministers. Did you know that? And Reverend Phil is definitely one of my ministers. And uh, he has always been there for me. He's been there for Eddie. He's been there in times of my challenges inside and outside of this community. And I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate that. So uh, Reverend Phil is currently serving as a minister of record that's a fancy name for helping churches without a minister. He also has helped churches that have been in transition. That's another fancy name for minister, churches that have had challenges, and he stepped in there and supported them during challenging times. He and his, he and his beloved Reverend Laura, they, they live near Savage. I'm not sure exactly. You know, you get south, and I'm like, where's where? Where's what down there? But he is truly a blessing, and so he's not a guest, but would you welcome back Reverend Phil Smedstad, okay?
thank you, my dear friend, who has also been there a lot of times for me. And you're right, ministers do need ministers. Everybody needs support, right? You know, it takes a village for all of us, I think. It's so wonderful to be back with you here at Unity Minneapolis. I'm just going to take a moment and just enjoy looking at you all. One day, a little girl asked her mom, how did the human race begin? Her mom said, well, dear, it's like this. God created Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had children. And that's how humanity began. The next day, the little girl asked her father, Dad, how did the human race begin? Her dad said, well, dear, it's like this. Many, 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 many years ago, there were monkeys. <laughs> and eventually, the monkeys kept evolving, and one day actually evolved into being humans. And that's how the human race began. The next day, the little girl went back to her mom. And she said, Mom, I'm confused. You said we all came, that Adam and Eve were the beginning. God created Adam and Eve, and that's how humanity began. Dad says we all came from monkeys. I don't understand. The mom said, well, dear, it's like this. Your dad was talking about his side of the family. <laughs> And I, and I was talking about mine. <laughs> well, once again, as, as you know and as you have experienced already, this is the first Sunday in Advent. It's our time to prepare both for the, the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate on, of course, December 25th, and it's also the time to celebrate the birth of the Christ in each one of us. And this Sunday, the topic is hope and faith, which always reminds me of our co-founder Charles Fillmore's favorite Bible verse, which was, this is the secret that has been hidden for ages and generations, but which is now revealed, which is Christ in you, your hope of glory. And of course, as we know, in unity, that hope eventually becomes faith, faith that the Christ in us is who we truly are. This year, we've added Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, to our Advent focus. So today's subject is the first agreement in that book. The first agreement being, be impeccable with your word. Ruiz begins his book by saying, everything we see in the world is a part of a collective dream, including the parts which seem like a nightmare. And of course, most of the things that we see or hear on the daily news is part of what we could call that nightmare. So suppose last night, as you slept, you had a nightmare. In the nightmare, you lost your job, your house was repossessed, you were told that you had three weeks to live, 
And then the last part of that nightmare, there was a man chasing you with a large knife. You woke up sweating. Your heart was pounding. You were terrified. And then, as you woke up more fully, you realized none of this is real. But it all seemed frightfully real as you were sleeping. In the dream, there might have seemed to be many solutions. Maybe you need to find a new job. Maybe try a new cure. Maybe take a self-defense class. But now that you're awake, you realize none of these measures would have made any difference at all. There was only ever one problem, and there was only ever one solution. The problem is, you were asleep, and the solution is to wake up. Mystics throughout the ages have been telling us that the problem for mankind is that most people are asleep, even when they seem to be wide awake. The mystics continue by saying most people are sleepwalking all the way through life. In this dream state, we feel separate from God and separate from each other, which in Lessons in Truth, our wonderful Unity author Emily Cady tells us is mankind's basic problem. And the way to experience the birth of the Christ in us, which means becoming aware that we are all divine beings. The way to experience that, excuse me, I'm having a little trouble with my keeping this in place. The way to experience that is to wake up from the dream or the nightmare. Pope John XXIII tells a story about one day he was talking to one of his cardinals and he said to the cardinal you know sometimes in the middle of the night I wake up and I'm thinking about one of the, the big issues for the church and I think to myself I'm going to have to ask the Pope about that he said and then when I wake up more fully I go wait a minute I am the Pope Well, it's the same with us. <laughs> when we fully wake up, we realize, wait a minute, I am the Christ. And I have the power to change my life. The first part of waking up, which means claiming our Christ consciousness, is to realize our divine power of creation. I should say one part of waking up is to realize our divine power of creation, which we, in unity, this is how we say it, our most deeply held beliefs are constantly creating our reality. The Bible calls this power of creation our spoken word and talks about how powerful it is. There's a story that comes to us from ancient times of a man who was traveling came to the edge of a city 
And there he met a gatekeeper. And he said to the gatekeeper, I'm thinking of moving here. What kind of a city is this? The gatekeeper said, well, tell me how it was in the city that you came from. The man said, well, it was really awful. People were unfriendly. The jobs were scarce. The government was corrupt. The gatekeeper said, you know, you're going to find about the same here in this city. So the man dejectedly picked up his bag and moved on, looking for a better place to move. Two hours later, another man came up to the gatekeeper and said, I'm thinking of moving here. What kind of a city is this? The gatekeeper said, well, what was it like in the city you came from? The man said, you know, it was great. People were friendly. Everything worked really well. I'm just sorry I had to leave, but my job calls for me to leave. The gatekeeper said, well, you'll find that it's pretty much the same way here. And happily, of course, the man stayed. Ella Wheeler Wilcox, in one of her poems, says, You can never tell what your thoughts will do in bringing you hate or love. For thoughts are things, and their airy wings are swift as a carrier dove. They follow the law of the universe. Each thing must create its kind. And they speed o'er the track to bring you back whatever went out from your mind. Don Miguel Ruiz says the first agreement that we need to make is called be impeccable with your word. The word impeccable literally means without sin. Or in unity we would say without error, without mistake. To be impeccable, to be without error in our thoughts and beliefs is to constantly affirm the divine truth about ourselves. That we are expressions of divine love, divine power of creation, divine wisdom, and divine aliveness. And then to see those same qualities in other people as well. Ruiz says, the biggest mistakes we make with our word are the negative beliefs the negative agreements that we make with ourselves. And what I know is that the most impactful of those agreements that we made with ourselves or about ourselves happened in childhood. I've mentioned before, here I know, in other places, it's one of my favorite quotes. Dr. Bernie Siegel, and he's backed up on this by Dr. Bruce Lipton, by the way, Dr. Bernie Siegel in one of his books says, what most people don't realize is that until the age of about seven, our brainwave state is almost exactly the same brainwave state as someone under hypnosis. In other words, every single one of us was being hypnotized from birth at least up through the age of seven. In this hypnotized state, most of us 
made agreements, many of us at least, made agreements which are not aligned with our divinity. Most of our parents didn't know that they were divine beings. And by example, by their words, and by their actions, they taught us to have mistaken beliefs, to make mistaken agreements. Stuart Emery, who is one of the founders of the transformation movement back in the late 70s, 80s, in one of his books said, it's not the long ago events that made us crazy. It's the decisions we made or the agreements we made. In David Don Miguel Ruiz's words, it's the agreements that we made that's what made us crazy. So under hypnosis, we made decisions or agreements like, I'm not worth loving. Or like, I'm a burden and guilty for being here. That was one of mine. Or like, I'm not worth being listened to. Another one of mine. Or I'm stupid, or I bet you could name a hundred, couldn't you, of different possible agreements that we made, which are mistakes, which are not true about who we really are. And then, because of the power of our word, which as we know in unity is our third basic principle, we can all prove that we're right. No matter what we decided. No matter what we agreed to. In unity we have a song. The song says, our thoughts are prayers and we are always praying. Our thoughts are prayers. Take charge of what you're saying. So the first part of being impeccable with our word is knowing ourselves as the divine, loving, deserving beings that we really are, and affirming it regularly, constantly. I know in my own case, and I've shared this with some of you in the past too, one of my favorite affirmations, I can't tell you how many times I've said this, and written it by the way, everything gets better when I show up. (laughs) Would you know that with me? Everything gets better when I show up. And you know what? That is the truth about you and about me. Another one that's been really important for me to go over and over is I am completely innocent and deserving of love. Together, I am completely innocent and deserving of love. Those affirmations begin to change the agreements that we mistakenly made as kids so that they no longer run our lives. Laura Shepard, who at one time had a show on Unity's online radio program, talked about a time when she was diagnosed with a type of arthritis, an autoimmune arthritis. The doctors explained to her that what that meant was basically that her body was attacking itself. And as she thought about this later, she thought to herself, how perfect is that? She said, that is an exact physical 
replica of what I do inside of myself all the time. With my inner disease, she said, of perfectionism, I am constantly attacking myself for not being perfect. So she decided to make a new agreement with herself in life. She began to use affirmations like, everything I do is good enough for me. You want to know that with me? Everything I do is good enough for me. And affirmations like, I now love and completely accept myself. Together, I now love and completely accept myself. As she began to change her inner experience and let go of that disease of perfectionism, she was gradually able to heal from the autoimmune disease. As Don Miguel Ruiz also says in this book, in this chapter, our biggest fear is not fear of death. It's fear of, it's fear of being our true self and then fully expressing that true self. So another affirmation that's been really important for me in which I had a lot of fear come up as I, as I said it and wrote it is... It's safe and rewarding for me to fully express myself. Would you know that one with me? It's safe and rewarding for me to fully express myself. And that's true. It is safe and fully re and highly rewarding for you to fully express yourself and for all of us. Ruiz follows this up by saying, if I can truly love myself then I can love you too. I'd like to share with you something that Johann Wolfgang von Goethe said, or wrote. He said, I have come to the frightening conclusion that I am the decisive element. I possess tremendous power to make life miserable or joyous. I can be a tool of torture or an instrument of inspiration. I can humiliate or humor, hurt or heal. In all situations, it is my response that decides whether a crisis is escalated or de-escalated, and whether a person is humanized or dehumanized. He said, if we treat people as they have been, we make them worse. If we treat people as they could be, we help them become what they are capable of becoming. I came across another story recently about a teacher in a high school. <clears throat> First day of her semester of the semester in her class, she was reading a list of the roster of students. And next to each student's name was their IQ. One of them was like 121, there was a 137, there was a 128, a 132. And she thought to herself, well, finally, I've got, a, I've got a group of high achievers here. I can really go with them this semester. So she gave them challenging assignments and wonderful opportunities to express themselves. And at the end of the semester, 
Every one of those students got A's and B's. The next day, after the end of the semester, when the principal had read the grades, he came into her classroom and he said, Miss Matthews, how did you, how did you take a group of low achievers like that and turn them into geniuses? She looked at him with a puzzled look and said, low achievers? Here's their, here's their names and here's their IQs. The principal said, those aren't their IQs. He was laughing. He said, those aren't their IQs. They're their locker numbers. <laughs> you might remember in the, in the movie Stand and Deliver that the teacher says the student will rise to the level of the expectation of the teacher. And we might all experience in our own lives the same thing. People will rise to the level that we expected them. Or as we sometimes say in unity, my, how you've changed since I've changed. (laughs) So your assignment this week as Reverend Pat likes to say, if you choose to accept it, is to be impeccable with your word. James Allen wrote something that I've always loved called Mind the Master Power. It goes like this. Mind is the master power that molds and makes. And man is mind. And evermore he takes the tool of thought and shaping what he wills brings forth a thousand joys a thousand ills. He thinks in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. Being impeccable with your word is a wonderful part of giving birth to the Christ in you. Namaste. trying to remember what locker number I had. Till they before the king went for 
Thank you. This time I'll invite you to make a gift to Unity Minneapolis. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forth. It's easy to do. You can do that. You can donate at unityminneapolis.org. Donate. There's a QR code in your bulletin as well. And also you can give by check as well. So let us affirm together our offertory blessing. It's found in your order of service. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give all that I receive, and all that I am. Now silently, please. Thank you, God. Amen. So as our usher comes forth, we just take a moment and we bless these gifts. <clears throat> we bless all the gifts that's been received this week. We bless those 
participating in our consistent giving program, our unexpected income program. We bless all of these gifts, acknowledging the one source, God, giving thanks. Giving thanks that we understand that spiritual law, giving and receiving that law of circulation. And for that, we're grateful. And we say, thank you. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. I know that on Sunday morning, we've concluded our all-in campaign as far as the series is concerned, but the all-in campaign continues. And guess what? We're not all yet all-in. Have you noticed that? So the cards are in your, pro, in your pews, and there's many ways to participate in this all-in campaign. You'll see it there. Obviously, you can make a financial gift if you're able to do so. The Spirit guides you to do so. There's also a place that says, I'll make a one-time gift, or you can do it over three years. And then there's also a place that says, we cannot participate at this time, but we'll remain open to spiritual guidance and hold this initiative in prayer. So I'd like us all to be all in, all in, the best that we can be all in. And we hope that next week we'll make some type of announcement concerning our all in campaign. So with that, I believe we have our on-duty Unity Prayer Chaplains that are here. I'm going to invite them to stand. These individuals arrived early. They held sacred space in the sanctuary, and they're here today to hold that sacred space with you, to listen with the ears of their heart, to pray aloud with you, and then to hold what they have heard in the strictest of confidence. So today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Thank you for your service, and you may be seated. We also have a uh, Cassidy Meeks. I see Cassidy Meeks, our youth and family ministry director. Praise God for her as she comes forth. In the light, in the light of God. In the light, in the light, in the light, in the light. In the light, in the light, in the light of God. Yay! Thank you, Caroline and Reverend Jeanette and Delaney. We're just so happy to have our kids with us. And it is Advent at Unity Minneapolis for our youth and family ministry program as well. So each week we'll take a piece of the Christmas story just like we did down here, um, adapted for each age group. Our full program happens at 1130, so we hope that you'll join us if you're able to. We also have our children's winter arts and crafts class starting this Thursday, and our very own Brianna, who helped light the Advent candle, is leading that class. So we got lots of openings. So if you've got kids, grandkids, kids on the street, you want to bring them over, <laughs> please, they're most welcome. We'd love to have them for that. We also have our youth and family ministry Christmas party this Saturday, 5 to 7 p.m. If you've got kids, again, grandkids, if you just want to come, have fun, join us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, um, let's appreciate our volunteers this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. And Delaney as well. We're glad you're with us. Yes, absolutely. Let's stand for our uh, prayer for protection and our peace song. So together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is swell. And our peace song.
a peace that was meant to be with God as our greed.